Well, good morning, church. Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you to Pastor Keith and Liberty Church for giving me this opportunity. And today, I want to talk about the power of love and what love does in our life. So what is love? That's my first question. What is love? Love is more than, you know, fill-ins and lovey-doveys. We all get that. Love is more than fill-ins and lovey-doveys. So let's look at what love is. If we go to our first scripture, uh, John 3.16. says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus Christ is the definition of love. If you look at his life, you will find love. So let's talk about what Jesus done a little bit. So he was born. He was born a virgin. And then he done miracles. You know, he done miracles. And then he was betrayed. And after he was betrayed, he was arrested. And then after he was arrested, he was crucified. And then he rose again on the third day. Why did he do all this? He done this because he loves us. Because of his love for us, he done this. Well, this is the definition of love. And love has no limits. So everything Jesus does is no limits to what he can do. Jesus loves you enough to die on a cross for you to give you freedom. So I want to ask you, church, I know he saved my life. How many, by show of hands, how many people's lives have been changed by Jesus? Most of the room, most of the room. So he loves you enough to change your life. And we all just raised our hands and said he changed our lives. So let me ask you this. Do you have family members uh, in your life that you don't talk to because you don't like them? Like, you know, you know, I, I preach Jesus to everybody, but, you know, this person right here my family, you know, I don't really like them. So, you know, I'm just not going to talk to them. I'm not going to tell them anything about Jesus or anything. I'm just going to keep my distance. Or maybe it's someone you know, but you don't like, so, you know, you don't talk to them at all. Or maybe they are different than you, so you don't talk to them. You know, maybe... You know, they have tattoos and piercings and stuff, or or maybe they talk different than you or dress different than you. So, you know what, you're like, you know, I'm just not going to talk to them. They're different than me. I'm just not going to share anything about Jesus to them or anything. I'm just not going to talk to them because they're different than you. Or maybe uh, you don't like them because they live differently than you or because they don't live righteously and have done some bad things to you or someone, you know. Maybe they're in sin, and you're like, you know, they're over here in sin, and I'm over here living right. I, I'm just not going to talk to them. You know, maybe they hurt you. Maybe they hurt somebody you know. So you're like, I'm just, no, I don't want to get hurt. You know, they've they, they done some bad things. I just don't want to get hurt. So I'm just, I'm just not going to talk to them. I'm just not going to share anything about them or anything. So let's look at our next scripture, Matthew 5, 46-48. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? 
even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So what does that mean? What does that mean? It means to love them. Jesus loves you enough to die for you, so we ought to love them as much as Jesus loves us. We ought to love everyone. The people you don't like, the people you like, everyone. So when you uh, when you think when you think uh, when somebody is in sin and stuff, sometimes we think, you know, they're too far gone. You ever think that? They're too far gone? Like, they're too far gone where I can't help. Like, they're just too far in sin. They're just too far in sin. They're just too far in sin. There's nothing I can do to help. If we think that, you know what you're saying? You're saying Jesus' death on the cross wasn't enough. So when you're thinking somebody is too far in sin that you can't help them, then you're saying, Jesus, you're not enough. But when you say that Jesus was enough for us, and I know if he's enough for me, he's enough for anybody. So Jesus can and will continue to do because his death on the cross was enough, it is enough, and it will forever be enough. It will always be enough. His love will always be enough. And we already said that Jesus' death on the cross is the love of God for us. So the power of love is what changes us. His power is what changes us. So maybe maybe you're thinking, maybe church, you're thinking, you know, I just I just can't. They're just too far. They're just too far in sin. I just can't help them. There's nothing I can do. When you think or say that, you're giving yourself an excuse not to love them. You're giving yourself an excuse not to love them. But you know what I know about Jesus? He doesn't make excuses. He just loves. Jesus just loves. And Jesus, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Jesus right here. So Jesus, uh, he's leaving Jericho. He's, he gets done with Jericho, and he's, and he's got his schedule. He's going to Jerusalem. And on his way, two blind men approach him. So let's go to the next scripture. Matthew 20, 34 through, or 30 through 34. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled. Be quiet. I love this next part. But they only shouted louder. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. And then, what did Jesus do? So, Jesus, Jesus said, he stopped and he said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, what do you want me to do for you? They said, Lord, we want to see so Jesus felt sorry. He had compassion for them, and he touched their eyes. Instantly, they could see, and then they followed him. I want you to look at this part. So Jesus 
had he had a schedule. He he was leaving Jericho. He was going to be crucified. He was heading into Jerusalem to be crucified, and people are coming his way, and they're, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy. And Jesus stopped for them. And he was moved with compassion, and he helped them. So let me ask you, church, how many times in our daily lives do we get so focused on our schedule that we don't see people in need? You know, people are yelling, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. You know, but we're so focused on where we're going we miss it. We miss it. So, church, we need to be more like Jesus and love them. So, for example, you're at Walmart. You go shopping. You know, oh, yeah, I got this to do today, this. I got a uh, birthday party to go to. And you're going shopping and whatnot. And then what do you do? You look for the shortest line. You look for the shortest line, try to get out of there faster and everything. And, you know, there could be people in need at Walmart. And there are every day. And I want to share with you briefly my experience I had last month at, uh, at Walmart. Uh, I was in there. I was actually getting ready to go to a birthday party. And I was like most of y'all, just, you know, in a hurry trying to get things. Well, it's packed. All the lines are packed. So I'm like, okay, this line has like four people in it. So I get in that line, you know, and uh, I'm in the line. And in the front of the line is an old lady. She has a buggy full, like, it's, like, taking forever, you know. And my first thought was, uh, is there a shorter line? Is there a shorter line? You know, I'm in a hurry. And then the Holy Spirit hit me, you know. And it was, like, 12 degrees out last month. It was really cold. So I, I go up and help her. You know, I leave my buggy where it's at. And I asked her, I said, can I help you? She said, yeah, sure. So I end up helping her and stuff. End up talking to her. She was sick with a cold. And it's 12 degrees out, and she's like 80-something years old. So I helped her, and uh, at the end of it, I helped her take groceries to the car and everything. And the point is, she was in need. And like Jesus, I stopped. But the point is, my first initial thought wasn't, Lord, how can I help? It was, what can I do so I can get where I need to be? It was selfish. My first thought was about me, me, me. But love isn't about me, me, me. Love's about them, them, them. So, like I said, my first thought was selfishness. So, what does love do? Love turns selfishness into selflessness. Love turns selfishness to selflessness. So, maybe you're here today, and maybe you know people that, you know, you have poured into. You know, like, maybe you're thinking... You know, I, I poured into this person over and over and over again, and, and, and they just don't do right. You know, people just don't do right. And, and Lord, I just, I just can't do it no more. I, there's nothing more I can do. You know, they just don't listen. There's nothing I can do. Well, let me tell you something about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love has no boundaries. So church, never give up on someone. Continue loving them. Continue loving them. Never give up. <laughs> I love this about love. You know what love does? Love doesn't look at what someone has done. Love looks at what can be done. Love looks at what can 
be done. Let's look at uh, a couple examples. Broken marriages. Maybe you're here today and, and your marriage is just holding on by a thread. Love doesn't say, you know, it's, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. You know, you tried all you do and, and they're just don't listen, you know, it's, it's better, you know, just to get divorced. Now, love don't say that. Love says, you know what, that's my husband. That's my wife. We are one. I'm going to fight for this marriage. That's what love says. Let's look at maybe uh, you're divorced with kids. You know, maybe you're divorced and you have kids and you're divorced. Love doesn't say, well, I really don't like the mother or I really don't like the father, so I'm not going to, you know, do anything with them, and I'm going to hurt the child. No, love says the child needs both parents. Love says, what can I do to make this work best for the child? Uh, same thing with addition. Anybody with addiction or anything, you know, love doesn't say, oh, you know, they're an addiction and stuff. You know, it, it's their fault. It's their fault. They, they, they can suffer. They need to suffer. No, love says they're hurt. They have hang-ups. They have habits. What can I do to help them? Because they're in need. Uh, same thing with uh, anybody with sexual immorality, family members you don't like. You know, love says they need Jesus. They need the gospel. What can I do to share the gospel to them? How, what can I do so they can experience the love that I know that I have, which is Jesus Christ? Sinners. Sinners. Jesus came for those people. Well, here's something, church. We were once those people. We were once sinners. We was once sinners. So, church, let's continue fighting for them, whether it's showing up for them time after time again. You know, maybe, maybe at very least, we can pray for them. And when I say pray, I don't mean like, God help them. And that's it. No. I mean, pray for them. Pray for them. Go to war for them. Go to war for them. Because, no, there's power in what we speak. We can speak life or death. So what good is having power when we don't use it? There's no use in it. So use your power to speak that life into them. So pray for them. Let's go to war for them. Let's go to war for them. Well, maybe you're here and maybe you're thinking, you know, you know, different generations. It's just a different generation. You know, I hear people talk about this all the time. Uh, we live in a generation today where people are eating Tide Pods. You know, talking about crazy. People are literally eating Tide Pods. You know, it's crazy, right? I mean, we live in a generation that's so crazy compared to past generations. You know, maybe you're like, this generation is crazy compared to mine, or, or my generation is much better than theirs, or, or whatnot. I mean, but think about it, though. If you really, really think about it, is there really a difference in the generation? I mean, sure, the, uh, the things we do may be different, you know, Things may be different around us, but really and truly, it's the same. And I want to tell you why it's the same. Because sin is sin. And because of sin, we all do crazy things. And because of sin, we all have hurts 
hang-ups, and habits, no matter what generation you're in. Sin never changes. It's the same it's always been. When Adam and Eve ate that apple, they sinned. It's the same sin as the sin you commit today. It's the same sin. Sin never changes. But there's great news. Great news. It's called Jesus. Jesus never changes either. So if he can save you, he can save anyone. So Jesus' love, the power of his love on the cross has set people in past generations free. It has set people in this generation free. And it will continue to set people in future generations free. This is the power of his love. This is the love of Jesus. So what, what does love do? I love this part about Jesus uh, when he was being crucified. It's one of my favorite parts about him. Uh, they was, you know, they flogged him. They spat on him. They mocked him. Oh, hell, king of the Jews or king of the worms. You know, they mocked him and, and, and everything. And then when they was hanging him on the cross, you know, they nailed him to the cross. They hung him up. They hung him up so he can hang on that cross. And they didn't care what they was doing. You know, they was having fun with it. But I love this about Jesus. While Jesus was hung, being hung on the cross, while he was doing these things to him, you know what Jesus was doing? Oh, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Oh, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even while he was being hung and crucified and beaten to an inch of his life, he was praying for them. So let's look at the next scripture. Luke 23. Luke 23, verse uh, 33 to 34. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right, one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. So when he was saying that, when he looked at them, he, he didn't see murderers, martyrs, people who was torturing them. He didn't look at them that way. You know how he looked at them when he said that? He looked at them. And he said, God, this is my child who I'm dying for. These are children of God. You know what? They just haven't experienced his love. They just haven't experienced his love. These are the children of God. This is who the people I'm dying for. So Jesus doesn't see. Jesus saw in him what uh, sees in you what uh, Jesus saw in them what he sees in you and everyone. He saw children of God who loves and who he chose to die for. So this is what love does. There's a couple things love does. Love never loses hope for someone. It, love looks past yourself and your circumstances. So love turns selfishness into selflessness. Love sacrifices. Love commits. Love heals. 
Love sees in them what God sees in you. I love this last part. You know what love does? Love is willing. Let's look at our last scripture, Matthew 8, 2-3. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him, talking about Jesus, and he knelt before him. He knelt before him. He knelt before him and said, Jesus. He said, Lord. The man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. If you are willing, Lord, if you are willing, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. How many people today do we know people saying, Lord, Lord, if you're willing, if you're willing, heal me, heal me. There's people out there today that are saying, Lord, if you're willing. They're looking for people to love them. And you know what? Jesus is on the throne, so it's our job as church to love them. Jesus said, he reached out and he touched them. You know what he said? I am willing. He says, I am willing. Behold, be healed, and instantly the left side disappeared. Jesus says, I am willing. So Jesus' love isn't just for certain people. Jesus' love is for everyone. It's for everyone. So come on, church. I want to challenge you today. This is love. It's Jesus Christ. So I want to challenge you today, church, throughout the week, throughout your lives, no matter if you don't like them, you like them, no matter if they're different, they're the same, love them. Love them. You need a Jesus. They need Jesus. Jesus died for us and saved us, and set us free. He can set them free. This is the power of his love. So who's with me, church? Who's with me? Let's love them. Let's love them. So so we're going to pray. So everybody's heads down, eyes closed. If there's any of you here today, you don't have to raise your hand or nothing. Maybe you know people, you know, people in your life you don't like or you don't talk to them, you've been avoiding them. I want you to, I want to challenge you today to love them. To love them. To continue loving them. Maybe you have been pouring to somebody. I want to challenge you to continue loving them. So as we pray, I just think about those people. Maybe you're here today. And you haven't experienced Jesus' love. You haven't experienced his love. His love can change your life. And it will change your life if you let him. So I want to challenge you. Just, just accept him as your Lord and Savior. So Lord God, we just thank you for today, Lord God. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for us. For setting the example and for loving us so much that he can change our lives. So my prayer, Lord God, is for the church to go out and love. Love them. Because we're here for God and them. You and them. So Lord God, I just love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.